0: Hello everyone, here is Danny Dai with another episode of our ecom show, and today I'm here with Sarah Vazina, who is the co founder of Octopied Mind. And uh, this brand is based in Canada. It's a gender inclusive uh, fashion brand, and Sarah is also, she used to work for Shopify, so I think she has a very interesting background that uh, she will share with us today. This show is sponsored by Budai Media. Budai Media is a fully remote e-commerce focused retention marketing agency. In the last three years, Buddha Media worked with more than one hundred e-commerce clients and generated an eight-figure extra revenue for these clients. If you want to check out their website, go to thebuddha.media.com and just send an email, or actually, you can just drop a message to me on any of my social media channels if you are interested. To work with us. Hey, Sarah, how are you today?
1: Hey, doing good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Let's start here because I mentioned Shopify, and just yesterday I saw this. If somebody is not aware of it, uh, I think. the CEO, Toby Lutke, or Latke, he just said that they will lay off 10% of their employees. And uh, I think that's quite unfortunate. And uh, yeah, I'm really curious where, where this will go. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. I think what happened was we saw a huge surge in Shopify's performance during the pandemic. And now people are buying less. Perhaps that's inflation or just tell of times, but people are buying less. Shopify just sort of plateaued and they realized they had far too many people, mostly recruiters and stuff were fired because, or let go, I Mm. guess, because uh, they're not hiring anyone.
0: But I think uh, we also have to be grateful what Shopify achieved in the past few years. I mean, now this year we have a recession, but before for, I don't know, almost 10 years, it was a huge boom, I think, in e-commerce and Shopify. So I think it's just a natural cycle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just like anything else, contract then expand. They'll be back,
0: I'm sure. When did you leave the company and uh, what was the reason? I mean, did you have the vision of this business that you started later back then or it happened after? It's
1: a good question. Um, I started working for Shopify in 2017 and I stayed there for a little over a year. And during that time, I had the chance to just speak with hundreds of business owners a day. Some were new, some were long in the game. And over time, I just thought it's not that hard. You know, if you have Mm -hmm. a dream, if you have a vision, if you've got passion and the desire to do it then, you know, give it a try and you have all the resources. And being a Shopify employee, I was very blessed to have a free store so I could try essentially risk-free and a best friend at the time. And I, well, she's still my best friend, of course, my business partner, but uh, we were just making little t-shirts with weird drawings for fun at the time. And one day it just dawned on me, I have a free store. I know how to build a website. I know a little bit about, at the time, conversion rates and marketing. You know how to draw. So let's just put our minds together. And we went from there. And yeah, by September of 2018, my business had grown so much that I could not balance both. So I left Shopify. They tried to keep me, but I just couldn't stay. I had to pursue my own thing. And yeah, the rest is kind of history.
0: One thing I really admire about Shopify, and then I promise I won't talk more about Shopify. (laughs) Oh, I love Shopify
1: too. So (laughs) we can talk about it the whole time.
0: So one thing I really admire about them is that how open-minded they are when it comes to their employees having businesses because Mm. i already interviewed a few ex-shopify or still people who still work for shopify and everyone every one of them they have or has a business or a podcast or something they have and i think that's just a great mindset because i know for example the big four they have totally the opposite mindset that you shouldn't have anything else just focus on us that's your life And uh, it's not even nine to five, but nine to midnight in many cases.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same nowadays, but when I was there, they even had incentives for starting your own business. They Mm -hmm. would give you an allowance per year of like, I think it was $500. And I think that's what we used for our first purchase of like a bulk t-shirt order. I remember using some of that money for that. So yeah, they are absolutely of the mindset to support. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if you're going to be running on their own platform, their employees become their customers. So it is a win-win for them. And even working in the office, I mean, the office is just filled with resources, free books, you can just brand new books that are just launched that week, take them off the shelf, you can take them home, you can bring them back, it doesn't matter, like they're there to support you in whatever capacity you need to learn and grow as a person or as an entrepreneur, which is really cool. When I left, I left a Slack message to Toby thinking he'll never see it. But I just want to let him know that I am grateful for the platform that he built because it's allowing me to put my creativity and energy into my own dream. Unfortunately, not his anymore, or I guess in a different way. And he actually responded yeah. and he said like, he feels like he did his job in that way.
0: That's pretty cool. How big is Shopify? Like 5,000 people? Something God, like that? I have no
1: idea what it is at this point, but it was around, yeah, yeah I think 5,000 people when I was there.
0: And he even replied to that message. That's it's amazing. Yeah. 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 So talking about your business, you mentioned that you started this out with your friend around 2018 and then you became full-time on this. So how did you acquire your first customers?
1: We just posted on our own social media and we attracted our own friends and family to buy from us. It sort of started off in person because Jill is my business partner's name. So Jill and I would wear the t-shirts that we would make for each other, like out to parties and stuff. And people would notice them and ask for one themselves. And at the time we were printing on just clothes we already owned or secondhand clothing and so we would just print shirts for our friends either for free or for five dollars I remember we were selling them for at one point so when we did launch an official website people who had seen us at parties and friends who had been begging for shirts were the first ones in line and then after that of course like when I tried to find new customers that just weren't in my own friend list going to in-person markets was the biggest hit for us
0: yeah Yeah, I think it's such a common pattern that uh, you had a problem let's say you sold it for yourself and your friends first, and then you could scale it. I think probably like 80% of entrepreneurs who I talked to, they had a problem. Initially, they solved it, and then it just scaled up the whole thing. I think that's Absolutely.
1: Great. Testing your idea too with people that you trust and that will give, the, give you their honest opinion is, I think, the best way to approach with your business. Because if my friends and family don't enjoy what I do, to some degree, of course, but if they're giving some serious feedback like, hey, this shirt feels like crap on my body, it's rough, it's itchy, it's whatever, or the design doesn't resonate with me at all, then of course I would make some adjustments before going out into yeah. the real world
0: yeah yeah mm-hmm. and when was the point when you raised your prices because you said you gave it to them for free or five dollars but I guess it's not the case anymore
1: as soon as we launched our website we raised the prices because we weren't using secondhand clothing we were using or actually no we were using secondhand clothing when we first launched and I think we were charging 24 at that point and that's just because we were doing it in volumes and also I happened to live with a business coach at the time she was my roommate and she She took me aside and she's like you need to stop charging five or ten dollars for your t-shirts that is ridiculous that doesn't even call like cover the cost of the t-shirt you're making like a dollar off your shirt so she's the one who taught me about profit margins and just being confident in pricing and uh although we do use a very specific formula to decide what our pricing is um because we aim for a 60 percent profit margin on everything for sustainability wise in terms of our finances my business coach did give me the best advice back then which sometimes i still use which is like just pull the number out of your butt like if it feels good, then use it. You know, you don't have to communicate to anybody else why you chose a particular number for your product. Like as long as you're communicating your value and that's that's enough.
0: And back then you had any competition or, or was it a completely new thing?
1: I mean, yeah, everybody has their own competition. Of course, it's becoming more and more obvious nowadays who our competition is like as we grow and just as more and more people are starting their own businesses and going for that edgy street style sort of clothing, the word like motorcycle style clothing sort of comes to mind, like all these like hell babes and pan co and like those types of brands. Those are our competition now, but back then it was more so local competition. So other queer people who were making gender inclusive clothing were certainly our competition. But again, what they were drawing was completely or what they were making was completely different than what we were making. So even in markets, I mean, you'd see people stop at their booth and then they'd stop at my booth and they would purchase from both of us. So the competition, I think, was a lot easier back then than it is now.
0: So initially you sold it to your close circle and later you raised prices and I guess you also started doing advertising and other channels or is it still organic mostly?
1: Yeah, so we acquire customers a few different ways. One of the biggest ways is through Facebook ads. My business partner, Jill, she She is an engineer by trade. And so she really loves working with numbers. She's the head of our finances. Even though we can absolutely delegate that task to someone on the outside of our business, she just loves doing it. And so she just sort of took a liking to Facebook ads. She liked the way that that it worked. She liked having the analytics to dive into. And I mean, while we do run into hurdles here and there, for the most part, that has been a huge source of growth for us. As soon as we started running Facebook ads, our business just tripled and continues to triple.
0: Yeah. I think what you told me earlier, every year you double the business, something like that.
1: Yeah. So we have been consistently growing at 350% annually.
0: Every year for uh, almost four years now. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone can do the math. And uh, how many orders do you have uh, now per month? And I'm also curious. So at the beginning, it was more a local thing, but nowadays you sell it to the US as well because you are in Canada. And then Europe, Australia, other parts of the world, or is it still difficult at this level to tag those countries?
1: Facebook ads, again, has been our savior for opening up our business, but targeting other countries. So as soon as we started running Facebook ads, it was not long after before we started seeing an influx of US customers. And the US just has so many more people and their dollar is worth more than a Canadian dollar. So to them shopping online, they are getting a steal for a graphic t-shirt. And so at this point, I believe it's forty nine percent of our customers are from America, and fifty okay. percent of them are from Canada. Or there's like you know forty eight point whatever, and then yeah, it's yeah. very very close. And then that very small maybe percent that's left over are from other places in the world. Mostly Ireland. We have like maybe ten or twenty customers from Ireland. Ireland. So we're starting to see that country pop out more and more. But yeah. So for the most part, Canada, US.
0: You should go to Ireland then soon. You have more and more yeah. customers there to visit them.
1: There's a. Shopify headquarters in Ireland, I believe.
0: Yeah. Or like headquarters, but like a, yeah. I was there. Like yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Maybe that's yeah. why.
0: Beautiful country. So, and I also know you have a very high returning customer rate. Uh, it's around 30%. So I'm just curious what you think, what's the reason of that number?
1: I think that would be because of the mentality that my customers have created within the customer community, which is that they refer to themselves as cult members. Mm-hmm. And that sort of like cult mentality means, if I get every new drop, then that means I'm still part of this community and I'm still have meaning. I still bring value to this community of people who identify in similar ways that I do or have similar ways of thinking that I do. And so I think that that is truly what creates our return customer rate is just that sense of community because we do really try to be more than just an online store. Jill and I are very much present on our social media. We do not outsource that. We do have help, like some of our employees do help answer the influx of DMs and so on, but we are very very present in our social media we share personal stories Jill is home right now hanging out with her family at a cottage and our stories are showing her and her family everyone knows that her mom sometimes sews purses and such out of our t-shirt scraps it is like a big family and I think that's truly what contributes to our return customer rate other than all the other you know fancy stuff like emails and so on
0: building a cult and and community and uh, sharing your personal stories as well you use Instagram you mentioned email do you use anything else maybe SMS marketing or uh, any other I don't know TikTok or any other social media
1: we actually don't really we sort of tried TikTok a couple of times it's still Mm -hmm. on the list of things to like really dive into because I do think if we put the energy there it will absolutely show but yeah we very very much heavily rely on Instagram. Even Facebook, Like just whatever's posted to Instagram automatically goes to Facebook. We put no energy over there either, other than Facebook ads, of course, but that's different. Yeah, Yeah, we don't use Snapchat or anything like that. We do not use SMS text marketing. It is something I think that's new to Canada. I believe there were some laws that didn't allow for it. I'm not sure how people would respond to text marketing from us, but I mean, we'll only know when we try. So it is... It's on the to-do list of perhaps we'll go down that way, but yeah, we use Klaviyo for all of our email marketing, and we have several automated flows that uh, you know we spent several hours building at the beginning, and now they just work for us, and that brings in at least 30k of revenue per month just our automatic flows.
0: And uh, regarding SMS, Canada has different rules than the U.S. Definitely, I think Canada is more strict about it than the U.S. So yeah,
1: I think if we do start going that way, we'll try with our U.S. customers first, just segment yeah. them.
0: Yeah. So you. Mentioned mentioned that you create the community but many e-commerce business owners they shy away from doing this probably most of them I talk to many every day and and I can just see this so I'm curious what you would tell them as a piece of advice like should they do it or maybe not everyone or if somebody is thinking about it but they are shy to get started or maybe they think it's not for me what would you tell them?
1: I have definitely seen this a lot in my time at Shopify. And it was always one of my biggest pieces of um, coaching advice when I would speak to people, especially in the Shopify world where a lot of business owners or e commerce business owners are drop shipping. And so separating themselves from their competition, people who are drop shipping the exact same products, does take a level of creativity. You do not have to be the most creative or the most confident person in the world. But as simple as like ordering your products in person and hiring a photographer for whatever animal afternoon to shoot your products, even if you outsource your models, hire some models, just to give it some sort of different flair adds to your branding. And in that moment, just pick up your camera and videotape your photographer shooting your models or shooting your products that behind the scenes, how the sausage is made is what everybody is curious about. And that's what builds trust. When people know who is behind the business and when people know what it takes to make that business run, they are a lot more trusting in terms of handing over their credit card information or their cash.
0: Yeah. And I think that's how you can differentiate your brand and your product as well. Yeah. You, you actually put your face behind that and uh, people, they can see that you have skin in the game, like you put your name and face there. So
1: yeah, absolutely. And if, you know, you can start small, you don't have to dance in front of the video right away and show your face and so on. You can do other things like you know videotaping yourself working at your desk. You can do very trendy on TikTok, but like process, let's say going to the post office and picking up more supplies or something and it's little clips and you have that automated sort of like AI voice that illustrates for you if you're too shy to use your own voice. There are certainly a number of ways. Honestly, I would recommend just download TikTok and watch videos and look at other businesses and get ideas on what they're doing yeah. and what you might feel comfortable replicating.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just I did the same I was- was also very shy at the beginning like two years ago and now it's getting better so yeah yeah. it
1: takes practice the nerves definitely go away doesn't last forever.
0: What would be your uh, number one advice to e-commerce business owners for the rest of this year? Where they should focus on if they want to grow?
1: My number one piece of advice for e-commerce business owners is always the same. So I'll tailor it to that a little bit. But if you have not put your website live yet, if you're just constantly focused on making everything perfect and you are too shy or you don't think it's ready, do it. Because if you go two years from now and look back and you weren't even slightly embarrassed at how things looked or what you were selling or how you were selling it, you launched far too late do it now there's absolutely no reason why you can't it does not have to be perfect it's going to take so long for you to even build up your customer list your email list for you to even make you know a splash in your local pond just start now because all of this stuff that you're going to be doing in the very early stages really doesn't matter it only starts mattering in about a year from now
0: i really like this uh, mindset and uh, i think i read this in a book so there is this concept about uh, 10,000 hours of practice i'm sure most people they heard about it same with the piano same with football same with business whatever you do and the earlier you can put in ten thousand hours of practice into your business as well then you will have an advantage compared to your competition and other people and you will get results faster so i think that's the ultimate thing
1: yeah and i'll sneak this little part in but like if you do already have a business and you're wondering what you should focus on this year i would personally sit down and i would look at what areas in your business are you working in your business instead of on your business and if you're Mm -hmm. spending too many hours in your business you need to find somebody and delegate that to them because your time will always be more valuable than someone who costs you $20 an hour $30 an hour $50 doesn't matter it could be $100 an hour your time will always be more valuable and so delegate the faster that you delegate the faster that you can just get back to working on your business and that's where you see growth that's where you see sales
0: yeah and you see the big picture (laughs) in the picture let's say that you can see it from above so yeah yeah absolutely
1: And hire people who are smarter than you. That's my best advice. That's what I try and focus on and it has definitely paid off.
0: So thanks Sarah for uh, coming here today and sharing your story and thanks everyone who listened to us today. Every week we come out with a new episode and I uh, invite e-commerce business owners to share his or her story. Thanks everyone again and uh, stay tuned. Have a great day everyone.